go ahead and uh, turn in your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Sometimes it's hard to put titles on a message, but I, I have to try my best, especially when I go to put them on the website, otherwise there's just a, a date. <laughs> you know. So I like people to know what it is they're about to listen to. Uh, but the one, the title I gave this tonight is The Usefulness of the Word. And uh, I guess the couple of thoughts that I want you to be thinking on is, what is the Word useful for? And why is it important that we know it? <clears throat> As I was thinking about those questions and thinking about what it was God would have me to talk to you about tonight, um my answers to that is you know the word shows us what is expected of us it teaches us about how great and wonderful our god is it shows us how things would be if we didn't have a savior and it helps us through difficult times so let's start reading in second uh, timothy chapter 3 and we're going to be reading in verse 16 and 17 All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now, one thing I want to get out of the way right away is that when they say the man of God, this does not just pertain to preachers or ministers. I believe that any of us here tonight can take this this scripture and apply it to our life. We should all be concerned about striving to become more perfect. Um, you know, Jesus was our example. And Jesus lived a perfect life. He was perfect in every way. So if we're to be like Him, that means we need to strive to be perfect. In the Word lies everything that we need to become perfect. I don't know if that's possible for us to be perfect in this life. But I do believe it's God's plan that we become more like Christ as we go. Um, This morning I was listening to John Hagee on TV and he was talking about a guy that purified gold. And he would put the gold in the fire and when it got to a certain point, he'd pull it out and pull all the impurities off the top and he'd put it back in the fire. And somebody asked him, how do you know when you have done it enough? And he said, because when it comes out, when it's ready, I can see my face in it. Now, he related that to the way God purifies us. And then when we are done, when we're purified enough, God can see Himself in us. Now, I think that's a real good example. and I think that speaks to what this Scripture is talking about. This Scripture is telling us that the Scripture itself is useful for correcting us, for showing us where we've done wrong. You know, Paul told us that 
If it wasn't for the law, I wouldn't know what sin was. And you know, I have seen that in action in my life. I have seen that when I first became a Christian, when I first not only became a Christian, but when I turned back to God and decided, no, I'm a, God, I'm going to do things your way. There were big things in my life that I had to get out that were real noticeable. Things that were evident even to, even to other people. And you know, when you get those things out, there's still some that's there that you have to remove that may not be quite as obvious. Just like that guy that's purifying gold. I'm sure, you know, I've never done this, but I'm sure when you first start, you get a lot of impurities. And when you do it again, you you don't get quite so much the next time, but you keep doing it and you keep getting more and more. And But every time it's less and less that you remove. <clears throat> the way I see God move in my life is the more I read and study this Word, Things that seemed so insignificant in the past all of a sudden become a big problem. And you know what? I've noticed that those little things, the way I treat people, the way I talk to people, you know, little things like that that don't seem all that big to the world as far as sin goes. Those little things are some of the hardest ones to remove. You know, when that guy's purifying that gold, have you ever looked at a piece of gold and, and you know they'll talk about it being 99.999% pure or whatever? There's, there's a certain point where it's almost immeasurable the level of impurities in it. But they never say it's 100% purified. Because there's always this little residual amount there. Try as they may, they can continue heating it and trying to remove those impurities. They will never... Those small ones are the hardest ones to remove. So that that's the way God works on me. But you know, if it weren't for me continuing to read the Word... And continuing to have the Scripture point those things out to me. I wouldn't see them. And you know, it's not... It's not just reading the the Ten Commandments. The way I see it, those, those Ten Commandments are the big things. But when you start reading about, not even just Jesus, but you start looking at Abraham and... And all those people in the Old Testament, you start seeing character develop that is a a picture of what God wants for us. You start seeing things that they go through and how God corrects them in it. And you say, wait a minute, I've done some of those same things. Maybe not the exact same way, but I've had circumstances in my life that are very similar to that. That's what... This scripture is telling us that the the word is is good for correcting us in that area. 
that last verse there, verse 17, says that we'll be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Think about what that means. I really like statements in the Bible like this. It talks about how completely God does everything. We were singing that song a while ago. It said, Jesus completely saves. God never does anything just partially. He always does it completely and thoroughly. That tells us about God's character. But it says we're thoroughly, we'll be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. When, when you become more and more like Christ, less and less bad works come out of you. Now that is something that, you know, and <laughs> let me tell you this. There may be more and more good works coming out of me, but it's harder and harder for me to see them. Because those things that used to seem insignificant, all of a sudden are very significant. And it's almost like I'm blinded by that. Now I'm not trying to lift myself up tonight, but... What I'm trying to tell you is that I think that's a good thing. I think that's that shows uh, some level of, of humility. It shows that I am trying to to better myself. You know, if if I weren't trying to do that, I wouldn't even see some of that stuff. I would just think, well, I'm doing all right. But that's how the Word works in us. Turn over to back to chapter 2 there in 2 Timothy. You've all heard this Scripture many times. Verse 15 and 16. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. Notice that that verse 15 there says, approved unto God. I am not trying to impress men with my knowledge of the Bible. And I'm not trying to, at the same time, I'm not trying to talk bad about anybody that memorizes a lot of Scripture. I think it's wonderful. And I need to do more of it. But, you know, it seems like there may be some people that do that strictly to show off. So, what this Scripture tells us is that, look, it's not men that you're worried about making sure that you're doing the right thing. It's God that needs to be approving of your study. So when we go about it with that kind of attitude that, look, it's God that I'm worried about, I want you to notice that it's, it's a different thing when it's God, the one that knows everything. He knows everything about you. He knows the intentions of your heart. When it's God you're concerned about impressing you go about things differently than you do when you're trying to impress men. You know, I can put on a show and I can 
I can learn things for a brief period of time to trick somebody into thinking I know a lot. But God's not going to fall for that. God knows what your plan is. So He says to study to show yourself approved unto God. Don't worry about men. God is the one that you need to be showing. If you know the Word and you're prepared, you will not be ashamed when the time comes for you to use what you know. Now, there's been many times that I've uh, needed to witness to somebody or they presented me with a particular circumstance and asked me what what does the Bible say about that and, and I wasn't prepared. And you know, that's a shameful feeling. That's exactly what this Scripture says and that's exactly how I felt. I felt ashamed for calling myself a child of God and not being able to answer these simple questions. You know, Peter also talked about that. He said to uh, <clears throat> always be able to give a reason for that hope that lies within you. I think this is the same thing. When you can tell somebody what the Word says, you don't have to be ashamed. Because the Word stands on its own. But when I'm responsible for making up something, when I'm the one that has to tell somebody what I believe, but I don't have anything to back it on, what, what's the point? I don't, have any, I don't have any ground to stand on because it's me. It's not what the, it may not even be what the Word says. And that takes me to the next point. Shun profane and vain babblings. How often do y'all hear somebody say, the Bible says, fill in the blank. Or somebody will quote some saying that they've heard for a long time, thinking it's in the Bible. But they never really took the time to go find out for sure, is that in the Bible? Or where is it even at? That Scripture tells us what that will lead to. It says it will lead to more ungodliness. When you tell somebody something like that, that is not backed by Scripture, it's not backed by the Word of God, that's, all that's going to do is cause confusion for them. They're not going to be led by the Scripture then because, let me tell you, when you can tell somebody that such and such chapter and verse says thus and so, it means something to them because they can then go look it up and see for themselves. They can go read about it and, and find out more about it and see how it applies to them. But when you just tell them something that sounds good, it very well do more harm than good. In verse 15 there, it says, rightly dividing the word of truth. And I think I've talked to you about this before. But that means to know how to distribute the word. It means to know through the leading of the Spirit what Scripture you ought to give to somebody at a particular time. Knowing how to divide things. And, you know, 
just like you would divide something amongst somebody you were giving things to. You wouldn't give a girl a little race car and give a boy a nice pretty dress. I mean, you rightly divide things. And that's what that Scripture's telling us is that we need to understand the Word well enough, spend enough time in it, so that when those circumstances arise, we know what Scripture applies to that situation. When you just go off randomly quoting Scripture that don't have nothing to do with it, they're going to look at you like you're crazy. They're going to say, okay, well that's nice, but what does that have to do with me? And you know, when people hear those kind of things, it doesn't, all it does is give Christians a bad name. Because you may be the only example of a Christian that they know of, that they ever see. I've got another scripture here I'm going to read. It's Romans chapter 8 and 28. And I'm going to tell you all up front that I'm not exactly sure how this applies. So this kind of flies in the face of what I just said. (laughs) But... I felt led by God to put this in here and I, I kind of put it at the bottom because I wasn't sure if I was going to read it or not, but I feel impressed by God to read it. It says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. And something that I noticed in this Scripture today that, I don't know, it's not really in this Scripture, but it was in some of the, the notes I read and, and really kind of jumped out at me is it says we know that all things work together for good. Now, the thing that stuck out to me is that good does not always mean enjoyable or peaceful. You know, if it's good for my kids to get spankings when they've done something wrong. But I guarantee you they don't enjoy it. And the way that God corrects us is not always enjoyable, but it's for our good. So let's let's try to tie this into the message. We're talking about the usefulness of the scripture. And that that first verse we read said that all scripture is good for reproof and for correction. It's profitable for doctrine. For instruction in righteousness. You know, when I have read things that I need to change about myself, it's never a comfortable thing. It's never enjoyable to know that there's once again something else in my life that I've got to get rid of. But the Scripture that I just read tells you that everything you go through When you are the one that loves God, you're trying to seek His will in your life, those things all work together for your best. 
You may not enjoy any of it. You may go through your entire life not liking the circumstances you have to go through, but it's for your best. When you love God, it didn't say, let's read it again. It says, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are the called according to His purpose. It didn't say you have to ask God to make these things work together for good. It just says they do. You know, that ties in with what we said this morning, that God cares about you. He wants the best for your life. Sometimes the things you think are good aren't. But sometimes the things that seem painful on the outside, they seem like, man, this is another trial I have to go through, was in reality the best thing for you. It it works out for you in the end, is what this tells us, is that you may go through a lot of things, but it all works together in the end. So let's go back to those first questions. What's the word useful for? Why is it important that we know it? You know, I could stand up here all night and come up with all kinds of different reasons why you ought to spend time reading the Bible and why it's a good thing and and what it's good for and why we ought to have it. But... It all boils down to how much do you want to know God? You know, that that's the main thing I get out of reading the Word. Because God is not here in front of me to talk to like I talk to a person. I don't get to every day just see God. Now, I spend time with God in prayer. I get to see the, the evidence of God in my life. But if you really want to get to know God, this is the only way to do it. This is the way that you learn about who God is and how He feels about you and who you are in Him. There's no other way. So, I'm going to leave that with you. I'm going to leave it with you that the Word is useful for a lot of things, but the main thing is getting to know God.